This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quick and Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS. 855-2124-227. Again, a big thanks to Andy Gresh. I have to wonder, and I... I you know, Antonio Brown started... Now, we didn't understand the, the public stuff. It wasn't as public. So I understand that there is a bit of a sliding scale here. But how much further along are the Patriots as an organization where they have Antonio Brown, they just cut him. And then this seems to be a blip on their radar. But the Steelers last year are blaming their entire washed out season on Antonio Brown. You you can't deny that if you're listening on 93.7 in Pittsburgh. You can't deny that. You guys spent the entire offseason blaming him. It's all Antonio Brown's fault. You heard him. You heard Mike Tomlin. You heard you heard Ben Roethlisberger. It's all Antonio Brown's fault. He got in the way of everything. The Patriots, they bring in Antonio Brown. Oh, gosh, this isn't fair. They cut him a week later because he can't stop acting like an idiot. How much further along are the Patriots than everybody else? It, it, with, with Tom Brady and with Belichick, it makes it easier. I got that. But I just do find it funny that one team... Blames him for seven months. And another team, eh, we'll cut him. Moving on. Got the Jets this week. 21 and a half point favorites. Like Ohio State playing Maryland. And it's the NFL. But fine. They'll just cut him and move on. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern, we got Sean Porter. We'll talk boxing with him. He's got a big fight coming up. He's defending the title coming up at 1 p.m. Or not at 1 p.m. Eastern, but next Saturday. So we'll talk to him about that title defense coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern. Also, you know, I, I still don't think Antonio Brown wants to play. But there was a lot of people getting upset earlier this week. And, and it was about... Jalen Ramsey demanding a trade, and now you have Melvin Gordon and Trent Williams and and Jalen Ramsey. You've had a host of other guys demand trades from their team in the NFL, and I get a host of people calling in, and rightfully so. Your fears, your fears are justified. You're a football fan. You're an NFL fan for a reason. The NFL does it better than anybody else because it's a hard cap, a mythical hard cap. I still don't see anybody approach it, but still, you have a hard cap. Can't be over it for a single second. There's nothing soft about it like you have in the NBA. You're a fan of your team in the NFL more than anything else out there. Now you'll find LeBron James fans, and they follow LeBron James wherever he goes. You have Steph Curry fans, and I think that he'll probably finish his career in Golden State, but if Steph Curry were to go somewhere else, they'd be Steph Curry fans. Durant, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You have fans of players, and they follow those guys. And they might have their quote-unquote favorite team. Maybe you live in New York, you're a Knicks fan. Maybe you live in the greater Oklahoma City area, you're a Thunder fan. But for the most part, there's a lot of fans. Not the most part, but there's a lot of fans who are fans of the player. And you don't like that. The NFL special because it is tribal. You are a Jets fan. 
you are a Steelers fan, and that's who you like. And if those guys don't want to be on your team, you don't blame the franchise. You blame the player. Nobody went with Antonio Brown to the Oakland Raiders. More than likely, the vast majority of people didn't go with Antonio Brown to the Oakland Raiders. Now, we're seeing a little bit of a difference here. You have fans where what happened after the Monday night game where somebody wanted their Odell Beckham they wanted their Odell Beckham signature on their forearm so they could get it tattooed in their forearm. Man claims he's the biggest OBJ fan out there. I'm not one to really question him on it when he's willing to get a huge forearm tattoo of OBJ's signature. So he's the biggest OBJ fan out there. Followed him from the Giants to the Browns and will follow him wherever else OBJ goes. So you see a little bit of this. And I think that bothers a classical NFL fan. But they got it better than anybody else because it's still based on the team. Everything's based for the franchise, the good of everybody, the good of the fans, the good of the franchise, everybody's in it together. That's the way it seems. So when Trent Williams is mad at the Redskins and wants himself a trade, some people might get a little bit flustered. When you have Melvin Gordon who wants out, when you have Jalen Ramsey who wants out, people get their feathers flocking going, I don't want the NFL to become the NBA. This is why I love the NFL. Can't stand the drama. Can't stand the stupidity of the NBA. Can't stand the me atmosphere and all the stuff that's going on on social media too because it's always in the NBA. It's always dramatic. It's very passive-aggressive. Nothing is face-to-face, and people who like the NFL and hate the NBA can't stand it. The NFL is confrontational. Jalen Ramsey says he wants out. All right, you're going to have a press conference, and you're going to tell the reporters why you want out. In fact, you're going to have to do it by your locker in front of all your teammates. Confrontations, and we love them. But let me ask you, have you ever thought that it might not be such a bad thing Hold on, because I had a lot of fans. We don't want the NFL turning into the NBA. All right, I got it. I know. And that passive-aggressive social media stuff where even Jalen, or uh, Jalen, uh, Jamal Adams had to answer questions about not following the Jets on Instagram. He's like, I never have followed the Jets on Instagram. Even he had to answer questions about that. It throws us off, and, it, and, and a lot of people get upset. But what if it's not that bad of a thing? If you have guys who demand trades, just hear me out. If you think I'm you think I'm still stupid by the end of it, fine. Just hear me out on this. Say you're a fan of a competing football team that does things the right way. Say you're a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs. You've been a Kansas City Chiefs fan your entire life. Mostly good, mostly a pretty good franchise. Couple of years of down years. They haven't been to a Super Bowl in a long time, but they've been a pretty consistent franchise from Marty Schottenheimer on now to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, who could by the end of it be the best who ever did it with the type of talent that that kid has. So you're a fan of Kansas City. You got talent on that football team. You got great talent at the quarterback position. It looks like a machine that isn't going away. And they bought in. Why would you be upset if Jalen Ramsey wants a trade and might want to come play for you? I know he's a head case. He's a nut job. I I know he showed up with a Brinks truck, all that stuff. But what if he could handle his business? You give short-term contract to him because you're going to keep Patrick Mahomes. He's your franchise. You'll move on from other guys, the Tyreek Hills, everybody else. You'll, you'll move on. They're not going to be worth the money. For the overall period of time, Patrick Mahomes is still on a rookie contract. At some point, he'll make $40 million a year. He'll break the bank. So you know you got that. 
And Jalen Ramsey wants out. And maybe your team's interested. You go, man, this guy's, this guy's a headache. Didn't you, didn't you see Antonio Brown? He wants off this football team. Don't let that distract you. Think about how good he is. They want two first-round picks. Where are you going to be drafting anyway? With or without Jalen Ramsey, where are the Chiefs going to be drafting? So you're going to be drafting in the back half of the draft. You already have your quarterback. You have a good system that's already able to to take guys, and you have a guy who you'd be getting, say it's for the two first-round picks as reported by Ian Rappaport and everybody. If it's two first-round picks, all you're trying to do is find a guy who's as good at his position as Jalen Ramsey is. How does that not benefit you, that Jalen Ramsey wants away from the Jacksonville Jaguars? He's got an attitude problem. He'll probably fall in line with a really good football team that has a chance to win a Super Bowl. Most guys do. It's amazing. Akeem Tlaib, shut up when he ended up with the Rams. (laughs) There are a couple of things here and there, but overall, things were okay. So you have a guy who who might be a little bit of a problem child, but he comes to your football team and he, he plays for your team. I'm just using the Kansas City Chiefs as some sort of an example. The draft picks, well, Ken, do we need guys in the secondary that badly? Don't get confused with need. Is your team better or not better with Jalen Ramsey? Your team's better with Jalen Ramsey. Don't think about it too long. So you have guys who have a system of checks and balances. For the Jaguars fan, it sucks. Because your team can't get it going. Jalen Ramsey's a fantastic cornerback. You had Nick Foles, who, who got hurt making one of the great throws in, in, in week one. It was just your snake bitten. Blake Bortles couldn't get out of his own way. Everything you built went to hell, and now Doug Marone's fighting with Jalen Ramsey on the sidelines. And I know you like Gardner Minshew, but we'll see. He's got a great mustache. I'll give you that. So you might be a little bit perturbed if you're a Jaguars fan, but you're getting picks. You could use those picks and move up in the draft, go after your quarterback if you really want to. There's your win. You get rid of a cantankerous person. You move on, and now Kansas City, they're able to benefit from it. I don't understand what's the harm. It's a system of checks and balances. And all we argue every single day when we do sports radio, where's the guys who it's more than the money? Where's the guys who who want to compete? And where's the guys who want to play and play for something great? If the Jaguars were a playoff team last year and they started off 3-0 and this year, would Jalen Ramsey be that upset? I don't think he would be. I don't think he would be whatsoever. It's a system of checks and balances. As long as the organization is doing what they're supposed to, and this is not foolproof, there will always be idiots out there. I, can't, I cannot talk for them. But as long as the organization, your favorite football team, is doing what they should be doing, you shouldn't have a problem with that system of checks and balances. You shouldn't have players wanting out all the time, even though because of the money issue, you will have that, which brings it up to another case. The hard cap, there's still only so much money. And only a small percentage of guys can really demand a trade. You have to be tradable in the first place. So when we get so upset, it's always good players. Guys who actually have a trade market. Jalen Ramsey has a trade market. Trent Williams has one. Melvin Gordon has one. Le'Veon Bell had one. Antonio Brown had one. Those guys, and it's a sliding scale of the type of person, obviously, we're talking about here. But those guys all had a trade market. You have to be good in the first place. That means that you have to do right by your franchise, do right by your players. It puts more pressure on the front office to make the right moves, to do the right thing, to make the right draft picks, to not waste their time. Because it's showing... 
Guys also want to be happy. Winning provides happiness. They want to win. That's the thing we were arguing from the 90s through the 2000s. And here we are. They seem to want to win again. They're not as interested in the cars as they used to be or the houses as they used to be or make it a rain as they used to be. They're still interested in that. Don't get me wrong. But they still want to win. You have less tanking with guys demanding trades. And I think that it's dangerous, and I can't. I wish I didn't have to use the Browns as an example. Baker Mayfield hadn't looked good the first couple of weeks of the season. I think it's still early growing pains. I think he'll be fine. Maybe we have to have a frank conversation coming up soon, but I think that he'll be fine. It has not been proven that tanking is going to win them a damn thing. Miami's tanking for two years, more than likely, for Trevor Lawrence. Meanwhile, Kansas City didn't tank anything. They went to the playoffs and they traded up for Patrick Mahomes. Kansas City's probably going to do more winning with Patrick Mahomes than what Cleveland's going to do with Baker Mayfield. Philadelphia, they traded up for Carson Wentz. It's been a bit up and down. They still have a Super Bowl. They traded up for Carson Wentz. Houston, they went and took Deshaun Watson. They didn't have to tank it out to take Deshaun Watson. So you have three young, good quarterbacks right there, one with an injury history, obviously. But you have three young, good quarterbacks right there who could carry the torch for the league. Their teams didn't have to tank for them. Browns had to fire a general manager. The Dolphins will probably have to fire, and they had to fire a coach. The, the Dolphins will probably have to fire a coach and fire a general manager. Any idiot can tear down a football team. I could tear down a football team if you wanted me to. I might not be able to get all the picks back that they got, but I could tear down a football team easily. It's building it up that's tough. And still those franchises, Houston, which has been a bit of a mixed bag, but pretty solid over the last decade now. Philadelphia, which they let Chip Kelly run things and went to hell, but it got went right back to a high standard before and after. And then obviously Kansas City, what we're talking about. Good franchises doing things the right way. Less tanking because of guys demanding trades. Again, only a small amount, a small percentage really can demand a trade. And you got to be good enough to do so. And also they can't block a trade. You can get value least so far. You can't block a trade so I can get good value if I have to ditch you. If this tanking thing's going to take over, which I really hope it doesn't, but if this tanking thing's going to take over, this with players refusing to have their time wasted makes sense. And if your team is one of the good teams out there that that does what they're supposed to do, they draft well, they organize well, they are coached well, and you're able to put it together, you have nothing to worry about. It's the same thing in business. It's the same thing in life. If you apply yourself, if you do what's necessary, you might not be the very best all the time. We can't all be Warren Buffett. But you should be okay. You should be able to weather the storm if things don't go your way for a little while. If you have job loss and you've already been able to save up, you should be okay. Demanding trades and and this comparison to the NBA, this might be the most realistic fact of, of real life that we can find in sports. And it might just be better off for you as the NFL fan. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. 855 212 
for CBS, 855-212-4227. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's brought to you by GEICO. There's terrific news I have for you. You could save 15% or more on car insurance. All it takes is about a 15-minute call to GEICO. And away you go to great service and great savings. Log on to GEICO.com. And again, just give them a call because all it's going to do is save you a bunch of money on car insurance. So 855-212-4CBS, and that number brought to you by Geico. 1 p.m. Eastern. We got Sean Porter joining us. Can we all just relax and admit that Eli Manning's a Hall of Famer? I'll let Tom in coming up in the next segment about it. I'll let Shep in if they want to to come in in the next segment about it. Just let me say my piece here. Eli Manning's a Hall of Famer. Y'all need to stop freaking out. I know the last years have been poop. Got it. You know, 19 and 13, 21-11 isn't that terrible. It's just not what the modern standard is. It's 56,000 passing yards. Eli Manning's not a Hall of Famer. If Eli Manning's not a Hall of Famer, then what the hell do you call Lynn Swan? Because some of you guys, <laughs> you just don't get it. It's one. Th- this is the entire argument for Julian Edelman. And yeah, Eli Manning's in that conversation. Eli Manning's in that conversation with Julian Edelman and Lynn Swan. He has 56,000 passing yards. By the time that Matt Stafford ends his career, he'll have 67,000, 56,000 at some point. Won't look that great. The amount of touchdowns that he has, 362, probably won't be that exceptional by the end of it. But we're missing the fact, the fact that a Hall of Fame vote usually has a great story behind it. And that is part of what weighs into a, to a Hall of Fame vote. Lynn Swan's a Hall of Famer. You look at his career, it's not overwhelming. What do you remember him for? Great moments in the postseason. Great moments in the Super Bowl. Julian Edelman has never been an All-Pro. I don't even know if the guy's been an, a Pro Bowler. Has he been a Pro Bowler, I think, once? You know Julian Edelman for making great plays in the Super Bowl and great plays in the postseason. By that account, and even though he's in a logjam of a position, that's even where you can even start an argument on Julian Edelman being a Hall of Famer. So Julian Edelman plays for the most prolific team in NFL history. A team that's going to be chock full. How many Pro Bowls did he have two? No Pro Bowls. Say it on air, Tom. No Pro Bowls? No Pro Bowls. Zero Pro Bowls. He's never been an All-Pro. No. Thank you very much. Case and freaking point. And if I say, if I go on air, that Julian Edelman isn't a Hall of Famer, you'll line up and tell me I'm an idiot. Julian Edelman's a Hall of Famer. New England will call in. Julian Edelman's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer, and you know it, Ken. But Eli Manning's not a Hall of Famer. So a guy who plays on the most prolific team, who is an ancillary piece during the regular season, he is, and then during the postseason, puts up prolific plays, makes prolific plays, does have a lot of strong yards, shows up in a big moment. The guy who plays for that team's a Hall of Famer. But the guy who beat that team twice, once ruining a perfect season in the Super Bowl, that guy's not a Hall of Famer? Please. Eli Manning has been marched out there well past his prime for a while now. I don't really even blame Eli Manning. I blame inept ownership. I blame inept general managing from both Jerry Reese and by by Dave Gettleman. 
I don't know. If Daniel Jones is ready coming up this weekend, then I think we have to have a strong conversation. I can't say that Daniel Jones should just flat out have taken over and maybe have taken over from week one. I hope that Daniel Jones does well. It's not his fault that Dave Gettleman drafted him six overall. I, I hope we can separate that. But if if Daniel Jones wasn't ready, I think there is a difference, and we've seen this a couple in a couple of scenarios, there's a difference between best overall most talented quarterback on the roster and actually ready to play. Eli Manning's ready to play. Not ready to play well, but he's ready to play. I don't know if Daniel Jones is ready to play. I'd hope that Pat Sherman would be smart enough. We'll find out soon. But to say that Eli Manning isn't a Hall of Famer, part of what makes a Hall of Fame vote is the story. The prolific nature of that guy. NFL film shaped this. Our own memory shaped this. When you think of Lynn Swan, what do you think of? Diving over a defender in, in the Super Bowl against the Dallas Cowboys, making the bobbly catch. That's the very first thing you think of when you think of Lynn Swan. And he wasn't anywhere near the best wide receiver on his own football team. That's what you think of, though, when you think of Julian Edelman. And if Julian Edelman gets into the Hall of Fame someday, won't be the first Patriot to do it, but might get into the Hall of Fame someday. Based on this, if he goes to the 2019 postseason, which it looks like they will, he makes more plays. If he continues to play into 2020, how much of an argument am I supposed to make against this guy? The only thing I can say is no Pro Bowls, where it's easier to make Pro Bowls than ever before, and no All-Pro. No real serious personal accolades. But if he continues this, I, I got no argument. And for Eli Manning, guy's been a pro bowler. Has Eli Manning ever been an all-pro? It's hard to do so. I can't say that he has right off the top of my head. But 56,537 passing yards, 362 touchdown passes, a career that spans from 2004 to, 2004 to 2019, a 15-year career. And two Super Bowl championships, and yes, there is a scale of who you beat in those Super Bowls. You beat the Patriots twice in those Super Bowls, in final-minute drives in those Super Bowls. Story matters. I know some people are very upset. You're very upset with the Giants that they kept marching out Eli Manning. You're bored by the Giants because they kept marching out Eli Manning. I got mad at the Giants. You were wasting Saquon Barkley's time. You were wasting his carries, and he only has a finite amount. The boobery was so ridiculous. Finally, they seem to be on the right course. That's not Eli Manning's fault. Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer. 855-2124-CBS. I'll get the guys' thoughts on that, and also a signature coach who needs a signature win. It's amazing. Clay Helton already has more signature wins than Jim Harbaugh. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Boy, it's gotten heated back there, hasn't it? Holy goodness, I didn't realize that people were so strong on Eli Manning. Also, Sunday, it's a doubleheader. The NFL on CBS First, Patrick Mahomes, and the Kansas City Chiefs. They open their 2019 home schedule against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Then Bridgewater and the Saints, they head to Seattle for a late afternoon showdown with the Seahawks. A full day of football starts with JB and the guys on NFL Today on CBS. All right, Tom, I asked you during the break, and I said you could jump in if you wanted to also. uh <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, Clay Helton already has one more signature win than Jim Harbaugh. That's coming up. Um, and you guys are making good questions here. And I, again, to reset it, it it's Eli Man. Eli Manning's a Hall of Famer. 
Lynn Swan's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer for what? For being a Super Bowl player, being a guy who made great plays in the postseason. He's a Hall of Famer for that. Julian Edelman may someday be a Hall of Famer. If he if, if he has another incredible performance during the postseason this year and they win another Super Bowl, they go back-to-back, that's seven. He's not the first guy in. He might have a good argument to be a Hall of Famer. And I could see it playing out where when there are Hall of Fame votes that go on, and this is what the committee does, there will be people who politic for it. And I go back to the 72 Dolphins. Larry Little, I think, was the last guy from the 72 Dolphins in. And it's maybe what put the line between the 72 Dolphins, between Larry Little and now the late Bob Kuchenberg, where Larry Little gets in, Don Shula goes to the goes to the committee, says, you know, this is, I know we've let a lot of guys in. This guy deserves to be in. He might be the last guy out of this group in. Julian Edelman might be like the Larry Little of this group. I don't think he'll be the first. I don't think he'll be the second or the third, but he'll probably at some point be in. And the reason I bring up Eli Manning with this, if he, if Julian Edelman, if you're giving me a passionate argument for Julian Edelman to be in the Hall of Fame, damn sure better make a passionate argument for Eli Manning to be in the Hall of Fame. We're not talking Trent Dilfer here. We're not talking Brad Johnson here or, or, or Jeff Hostetler. Eli Manning. And I know his career started out with some angst and some anger. And he looks like a Muppet, so we are prone to not liking the guy. But when you put start putting Patriots in the Hall of Fame, and we start going over those careers, the, these long-tenured Patriots who go into the Hall of Fame, and we start going over those careers, it's going to be brought up the losses that they had to the Giants. Well, why did they lose to the Giants? Because Eli freaking Manning. It wasn't Mario Manningham. It wasn't David Tyree. It was Eli freaking Manning. The numbers, they're better than Elway. Tom whispered that in my ear during the break. They're better than some of the most prolific guys out there. It's a different era. I get that. He won two Super Bowls. He beat the greatest dynasty in the history of the NFL to do it. How's the, how are those not Hall of Fame credentials? Tom, then Shep. Tom, you first. Go ahead. Well, you kind of just blew up my spot with the Elway reveal, but it's like, you know. Well, people, I gave you credit. At least I gave you credit. worship babe. this guy, John Elway, who was a great quarterback. I've heard so much. The only thing Eli's ever led the league in is interceptions. Well, John Elway, the only thing he ever led the league in was yards one time when he also had the most attempts. John Elway's career passer rating was 79.9. Eli's career passer rating is 84.1. Dan Marino's career passer rating is 86.4. So people trying to tell me that he doesn't belong because of stats, that is ludicrous. He Mm. is seventh all-time in passing. He has 20,000 more passing yards than Steve Young, who is in. Okay, he's a two-time Super Bowl MVP. John Elway is a one-time Super Bowl MVP. We're talking about Julian Edelman right now, as though Edelman should be in and Eli should be out. Edelman has two 1,000-yard seasons. Edelman has a teammate who is the best player who ever played the sport. Eli Manning has no Hall of Fame offensive teammates. Zero. Unless you're already counting Odell Beckham, which I think is way cart before the horse. And by the way... The playoff game they played in together, Eli was the best player on the Giants offense again, and Odell was dropping the ball all over Lambeau Field and punching walls. So this this conversation, and I'm a Jets fan. I have no reason to, you know, bend (laughs) over backwards for Eli. This conversation is just so off the rails. And honestly, we could take calls on this, Ken, and we'd get 
eight, nine, ten people in a row say Eli shouldn't be in, and I just I can't comprehend. All right, it. fine. I don't well, what, understand why people what, hate this guy so much. I, I want to get to a point about Harbaugh, but what the hell? Eight five five two one two four CBS. If you think that Eli Manning shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, you go right on ahead. Or we can talk about Antonio Brown, whatever. Uh, let me get to uh, let me get to Shep here. All right, Shep, what were you going to bring up? Because didn't uh, Mike McCann have a point? Yeah, he made a great point. And I also say this: Tom made some amazing points. If Nick Foles doesn't do what he does in that Super Bowl, I think Eli Manning is a lock. I think what Nick Foles did makes what Eli did a little less significant. I don't know how you guys feel about that. How? Well, because how? You, well, Ken, you you are you were very very um, avid about this, and you were dead on. Eli Manning is the only quarterback to make Brady look inferior in the biggest of moments. He's the only quarterback in the history of the game to ever do that. Okay. That's special. But, but why? Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. What, what does Nick Foles in his great performance have to do with, with Eli in his great performance? They have to be separate. But because, because no one. It takes one, away? Because no one else thought. Because people thought Eli was so special because Brees couldn't do that, Peyton couldn't do that, Rivers couldn't do that, and Eli Manning, when his team needed it the most, was that guy. And then a backup quarterback comes along and outplays Brady in the Super Bowl. And it diminishes what Eli did a How? little bit. I don't think it does. How could it? Other teams have have played in multiple Super Bowls and lost. You, I, I think you have to separate the performance. Nick Foles, there, there's not a quota. What I'm bringing up, there's not a quota of quarterbacks. Like, there's no limit of quarterbacks. If Nick Foles went on to have a sterling career and ended up being a Hall of Famer, I don't think that that has any bearing on Eli Manning. It shouldn't have any bearing on Eli Manning. Well, you look back at the history of it, and I think that the Hall of Fames are based on two things, stats and moments, big moments. That's why Julian Edelman gets consideration. But for Eli Manning, you have two great performances. One beat an 18-0 football team going into that game. One beat one of the all-time great dynasties. Nick Foles also beat one of the all-time great dynasties. But I don't think that there should be any sort of comparison between the two because there's no limit on how many quarterbacks that I can put into the Hall of Fame. And furthermore, let me ask you guys this right off the top of your heads, okay? Is, is, Tom, is Tom Coughlin a Hall of Famer? That's a really tough one. Probably. Uh, it's close. How do you put Tom Coughlin in the Hall of Fame? If you feel he's a Hall of Famer, how do you put Tom Coughlin in the Hall of Fame but not Eli Manning? How do you do that? Oh, obviously, Eli is in before Coughlin's in. There you go. Yeah. You know, and, and, and Ken, the question I had for you and Tom, and we talked about it obviously during the break, is you talk about moments. If Eli Manning walks away, and, and this was a Mike McCann point, if he walks away, in 2011, obviously the year was 2012, but the 11th season, mm-hmm. is he an automatic shoe-in for the Hall of Fame? Yes. So but I you- think that, uh, and that's a great point, because we're, we're only based on recency. I don't think he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I'm not making that case for Eli Manning. But I do think that there is a, is a recency hit there that people get upset about because, yeah, the last, I would say, four years have not been great. However, if I look at what Eli Manning has done, over his entire career, I think time will do better for Eli Manning. He's not a first ballot guy, maybe not second, third, fourth, whatever. But I think eventually you look at Eli Manning and you say, wow, look at what he did over two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl runs with this football team, what he did what he did against the Patriots, and then as Patriots go in or even as other Giants go in, and certainly if Tom Coughlin gets in, then you have to consider, Tom, you have to consider Eli Manning and there will be more time that separates. Because we don't, 
We don't want to remember guys at the end of their careers. No one wants to remember Franco Harris with Seattle or Johnny Unitas with who? The Chargers? No one wants to remember that. So we don't remember those guys at the end of their career. Jerry Rice was trying to hold on with the with with, with the uh, with the Denver Broncos and the Seahawks. No one remembers that. They remember him with the Forty Nineers. Yes, late Montana. yeah. Well, he was actually he took them to the playoffs with, with Kansas City once. So no one wants to remember that. They remember them in their prime. So if it's five years from now, say Eli hangs them up after this year, probably and probably will. If he hangs them up after this year, five years from now, not a first ballot Hall of Famer, more than likely. But I think 10 years from now, 15 years from now, you look back at that, you see other guys who got in, Patriots who got in. You can't tell the story of the Patriots without those two Super Bowl losses. Those two Super Bowl losses are at the hands of Eli Manning. Eli Manning was the main catalyst for it. Eli Manning's a Hall of Famer because of it. No answers. Think about, a, the, think about the Aikman case, too, for a second. I know Aikman's like the worst statistical quarterback in the Hall, but this is somebody who's in the mm-hmm. Hall of Fame who played with an unbelievable offensive line, a Hall of Fame right. running back, a Hall of Fame wide receiver. It's Eli a, it, had none of those yep. things and had better numbers yep. Yep. and only won less championship. Yep. It's, it, you can't – If it, and I, I hate – it's such an easy cop. Well, you can't tell the story. Of the How do I do that? How do I explain – that the New York Giants beat the greatest dynasty in professional sports, at least modern professional sports. They beat the greatest dynasty in professional sports twice. And Eli Manning was the MVP of both of those games and took them on those playoff runs. They had to win other playoff games during that time. How do I explain that and say he's not a Hall of Famer? How do I do that? I can't. I can't and I won't. He's a Hall of Famer. You're all mad at him. You think that he got in the way of Daniel Jones. You want to see your young quarterback. You want to see Daniel Jones. I have no idea. I I don't know if I'm defending Pat Shermer here, and I don't think I want to. I don't know if Daniel Jones is ready. I hope he is. I have no problem with Daniel Jones, the person. It's not his fault that he got drafted number six overall, for crying out loud, and by a team that I think is kind of spinning their wheels as a franchise. At least it's a move towards something in the future. Hopefully now Saquon Barkley has has meaningful carries again. He hasn't had a meaningful carry since college. A real meaningful carry. He hasn't touched the ball in any meaningful way for his team being a contender since he was at Penn State. So you've wasted a year, a a brilliant year, by the way. You've wasted a year and a couple of games of Saquon Barkley. Now we'll see what Daniel Jones can do. But I have to admit that there is a difference. We saw this with Josh Rosen. We might be seeing this with other quarterbacks where there is a difference between the best quarterback on the roster and actually ready to do it. You can sit a guy for a minute before you actually turn him loose on that. I know that we've we subscribed to the theory that they absolutely have to play. I don't know if you absolutely want them playing if they don't know what they're doing and they're going to put themselves in harm's way or put other players in harm's way or work against themselves when it comes to their own confidence. Josh Rosen is already a scared puppy after one year in Arizona. Ryan Fitzpatrick looks as happy as hell. Just he, he's in the in the sun again. He's collecting another paycheck again. He was having fun. They're down by 43, and he's just, hey, I'm Ryan Fitzpatrick. I got a great big beard, and everybody loves me, and I'm making more money, and I went to Harvard. Josh Rosen looks like a puppy in a Sarah McLaughlin commercial. Josh Rosen might have benefited from sitting, don't you think, from sitting a little bit longer? 
Maybe, hey, maybe Kyler Murray's in a better spot. Who knows? I can't make that argument, but I'm arguing for Josh Rosen, looking at Josh Rosen going, maybe it would have been a little bit beneficial to you to maybe get your bearings first in the NFL before you went out there. There's plenty of guys who we've seen in the past. It, it just it might take a minute. Defenses are going to figure out. Then it's up to you to figure out the defenses. All fan, All franchise quarterbacks get figured out. So I don't know if Daniel Jones will get Daniel Jones will eventually get figured out. It's up to Daniel Jones to get over it. I, I imagine because there's very little tape on Daniel Jones, he'll probably be pretty successful at the beginning. And then as time goes on, he'll be challenged deeply, and he will have to answer that challenge. And if he's a franchise quarterback, he'll get over it. But if they don't feel he was ready, then I'm not putting him out there. Six overall from Duke. And that's not Eli Manning's fault. We got to separate that. Davis Webb sucked. It's not his fault. Geno Smith's a career backup. It's not Eli Manning's fault. And Daniel Jones got drafted six overall. It's not Eli Manning's fault. His entire career has been a bit of a question mark. I'll always grant you that. That's why it's even a discussion. He got drafted. He gave that pouty Muppet face when he got drafted by the Chargers. He and his dad were up there. They wanted to make sure they got it their way, and everybody couldn't stand him. Then there was the Kurt Warner scenario. Then there were people who couldn't stand him when he was with the Giants when he first started to take off, and then after the Super Bowls, and Tom will attest to this, since he's close to the situation, even though he's a Jets fan personally, since he's close to the situation, people worship the guy for a couple years after the Super Bowl until now the wheels have fallen off. It's only natural they're looking forward to the next best thing. Maybe Daniel Jones will be that guy. But I don't blame Eli Manning for any of that stuff. You can't put a decent offensive line in front of Eli Manning. Not Eli Manning's fault. Eli Manning got benched by an inept head coach with a bad mustache and a poor attitude who threw him under the bus every chance he could. That's not Eli Manning's fault. There's been plenty of games he's had that have been clunkers. It has been a little bit of a mixed bag. I'll always grant that. But there have been so many things over these last three years that I really think the New York Giants have done to Eli Manning, not for Eli Manning. 855-212-4CBS. Coming up, five burning questions at 1229-20 a.m. Pacific. Also, we'll get back to the Antonio Brown thing, but boy, uh, Jim Harbaugh needs himself a signature win because Clay Helton's already beaten him out. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.